Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger as well as a wife and mother. Do you ever wonder what life would be like if you were one year sober? Today is the day, you guys. I am officially one year sober. And I really don't even know where to start when looking back over the last year because so much has changed for me. And in this episode, I want to share all of that with you, the good and the bad. But I am not alone. I have also brought on some guests. They're friends of mine from the sober community who are also celebrating one year sober. You'll get to hear their stories and how sobriety has changed their lives over the last year as well. Okay, I wanted to kick the episode off by sharing my experience of this last year. So one year ago, I decided that I was done with alcohol and it was a very scary thing to jump into. But at that point in my life, the scale had finally tipped. This wasn't the first time I wanted to get sober. And I knew, though, that this was going to be the last time. There was something in me that knew this was it. Like I said, the scales had finally tipped that far into the sober side of things. And so... I literally created a new lifestyle. This lifestyle that I always was trying to achieve while being a drinker. I wanted the best of both worlds. And alcohol always kept me from achieving the things that I deeply desired. So here is what I have been able to do and implement since getting sober this last year. I have been able to maintain a healthy lifestyle through my fitness and my nutrition, which, like I just said, is something I have never been able to be consistent with, ever. Like, I've started started and stopped so many different diets and exercise programs. Like, it would make your head spin. I'm a morning person. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. I am a morning person. I love mornings now. I used to hate mornings. And of course I hated mornings. I was hungover. I felt like shit. I was like nursing this headache and grogginess. And I just wanted to crawl back into bed. I would hit snooze at nauseam. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I used the snooze button. Like I am so excited to get up in the morning and to have my coffee and to have that quiet time and that downtime to myself. It is like nothing. And if you would have told me a year ago that quitting alcohol would make me a morning person, I wouldn't have believed you. I, I really just thought that I just wasn't a morning person. I didn't realize that alcohol had stole that from me. Another really big one for me uh, that I'm so excited about this year is that I, I'm no longer suffering from anxiety attacks and um, 
I've talked about it in other podcasts. I, I suffered for 17 years with anxiety and anxiety attacks and I used alcohol to try to drown that out. And, you know, it maybe worked a little bit, but as we know now, um, it just fuels it. And actually what I know even more now, uh, now that I've gotten away from it and did more research that it actually was the cause of my anxiety. I have more patience which is also big. I was a very impatient person and I now find um, ways to enjoy times of like waiting in line, you know, like no one likes to wait in line, but uh, I was a little over the top when I'd have to wait because it's like, what are you in a hurry for? And, you know, if I were to really think about that question, I was always in a hurry to get to alcohol, right? It was all about getting shit done so that I could get to that finish line at the end of the day and have my wine and zone out. So now I have more patience because I just know that I have all opened up all this extra time for myself, which is just so freeing and so amazing. I am more confident than I've ever been. Um, I used to have a really bad self-image and um, my inner voice was very negative and mean. I did not say very nice things to myself. And that voice went away with the alcohol. Like she obviously was a drunk bitch and she came with, with the booze. <laughs> um, I sleep better than ever. And because I sleep so good, I know that's why I'm a morning person, but also my energy level is so consistent during the day. I don't have these ups and downs with my energy, which really helps me, you know, with my fitness. It helps me with my patience. Like these are all these like domino effects, right? And I also, as far as fluctuation throughout the day, I don't have hunger that fluctuates throughout the day. I used to get really hungry. And I don't get that way anymore. Um, I'm very much just even keel. Like I, I, I get hungry, but it's not starving. And that has helped so much with my nutrition. I have learned to understand my emotions instead of just running from them. And when it gets uncomfortable, reaching for alcohol uh, to like relieve the discomfort, I have learned to lean into it. And I actually got my first tattoo this year and I got it on my forearm, the inner, my inner forearm so that I can see it every day. And it says, feel it all. And it's a reminder. It's a post-it note to, you know, not numb out, to feel all the emotions, even the negative ones, um, because it's part of the human experience. And I numbed out the negative emotions so much that I quit feeling joy as well. Alcohol does not discriminate. I mean, it just numbs all the emotions out. And you might think that the alcohol makes you happy and it might for like 20 minutes, but that's not enough. Like I deserve more than 20 minutes of, you know, false joy because that's all alcohol was giving me was false joy. My relationships with my husband and my daughter are way better. Uh, I'm more present with them, the patience thing. And uh, I'm just not that grouchy, hungover, 
irritated woman anymore. And as we know, the ones we love most usually get the brunt of our bad moods. I am setting an example for my daughter that as women, we don't need alcohol to make us sexier. We don't need alcohol to make us more fun, more outgoing. We don't need it to make us a better mom. And, you know, it's obviously quite the opposite. When we take alcohol away, we can actually be a better version of all of those things um, without it. My relationship with myself is so much better. I no longer put my feelings and my self-worth on the back burner to keep others happy or to keep others comfortable. I, I really put myself first. And I have met some of the coolest, most compassionate people through the sober community. And I just am so grateful for everyone that I have met when I got on Instagram. I did the first 99 days of my sobriety on my own and it was extremely hard and I do not recommend it to anyone so hard. And especially now that I know what I know about sober Instagram, I wish I would have jumped on there sooner, but no regrets. Uh, And that's why I'm kind of here with this podcast to help spread the word that there is other support. AA just wasn't for me. I just couldn't bring myself to go into a room of people. I'm very introverted. And really the only way I could go into a room of people like that would be with alcohol. And that would have totally defeated the purpose. And so I really believe that we can all find our own way to recover. And I want to be an advocate to show that there are other ways and that this is one of them. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of Quitlet and I got on sober Instagram and I made a lot of really good friends and I've gotten some amazing support through this year. And I know I will continue to get support and give support with this community. And then of course, I have a sober podcast and I never thought like Stephanie a year ago would have never believed that she was going to have a sober podcast. (laughs) Never. And that's what's so amazingly cool about this journey for me is I have done things that now I know I've really wanted to do. I like found that girl. I always talk about, I started drinking when I was 14. And now that I'm not drinking, I've kind of gone back to that person, that girl before she started drinking. And all of those things that I used to love to do for fun are coming back to me. And I think the podcast is a huge reflection of that. And um, it's just amazing to discover these things about yourself. No one told me that this was going to happen. I really just thought I was going to help my mental health um, with the anxiety and, you know, my physical health and, and like be able to work out better and, and hit, you know, PRs in the gym and things like that. But no one ever told me the beauty of self-discovery that was going to be part of this journey. And it's just beyond I like there's just not words to even describe it it's just been amazing and all of this all of it because I gave up one thing alcohol
Now I'd be lying if I said that the whole time it was just this great thing, right? It was so easy, like all this confidence and everything went away, all my anxiety went away, all the bad, and yeah, I have negative emotions. Like I don't wanna sit there and act like it was just easy peasy because it wasn't, you know, of course it wasn't. You know, nothing this good comes easy. I mean, if you if you have to really dig deep and work hard at something, that's when you reap all those beautiful benefits that I just spoke about. But the problem is with alcohol, when we're drinking alcohol, it keeps us stuck and easy, right? Like we use it for everything. At least I did. You know, it was to celebrate. I used it to socialize. I used it to drown out fear. I used it to drown out worry. I used it to sleep better. I used it, all of these things. It was the solution. And it's because it gives you that quick fix that you need. If you need a shot of dopamine, boom, alcohol's there. If you need to numb out, boom, alcohol's there. Yeah, if you need to be able to fall asleep, drink until you're tired. Basically passing out, right? It's just such an easy fix. And so you've got to stop and think about it. Is it worth the price you pay for all these little easy fixes that it does for you? Because what you ended up doing is you're putting your mental and your physical health at risk every time you're drinking, especially when you are drinking to drown something out, to emphasize something, to make things better. Because over time, it builds and you need more and more and more to get the results that you need, just like any other drug. And so if you're sick of being a slave to the sauce, if you're finally like the scales are tipping for you as well, you've been listening to my podcast or you've been following other podcasts or reading Quitlet or you have a friend who's sober who recommended you listen to this or you know, you've just found me on Instagram, whatever it may be that has sparked your interest, you need to start listening to that voice. That's the, the real you, the one that knows that this isn't working anymore. That voice has to start getting louder for you to get to where I am today. That's what happened for me. That voice, the one that was like, enough's enough. This isn't working anymore. I finally let that voice be the louder of the two. And so I encourage you, if you're getting sick of this life, I encourage you to get sober curious. I encourage you to take time away so that your brain can clear and you can see things in technicolor for once and not through this blurry lens of alcohol that just has its claws in you. And you know, the biggest fear that a lot of people have is, you know, losing people. Like there's a lot of people maybe that you've surrounded yourself with that you drink with, you don't know how to not drink with, you don't know what that will mean for your relationship. And let me tell you, I have lost some friends in this sober journey. You know, I have some people that I just do not see or socialize with anymore because in reality, the alcohol was really all that was bonding us. And that's not a healthy relationship. In the moment when you're drinking, it feels healthy because they maybe drink as much or more than you. It helps keep that other voice, the voice that's wanting to do the drinking, it helps keep that voice alive. It helps, you know, 
tell that voice that, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. Look, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. We're fine. It's normal. But then if you've got, like I said, that other voice that's like, I'm sick of the anxiety. I'm sick of feeling like shit. I just want to stick to my goals. I want to lose weight. I want to do this, that, and the other. Uh, You would be so surprised how giving up that one thing will open all of those doors for you. And honestly, you gain yourself. You get yourself back. You get that true version of you that's in there that just wants to be alive and thriving. You get that person back. And it feels so good to be yourself and to not be people-pleasing anymore. And when you have that, you start attracting people just like you and people who actually like that part of you and see that it's authentic and it's honest and it's true. And then you can start developing these really deep, meaningful relationships. It's all in letting go of alcohol. So if you have a lot of goals and dreams that you have put off, and it, it, it isn't because you don't have the drive, because you do, and it's not because you're not good enough, because you are. It's because you're letting alcohol steal that, that, fr- that from you, the drive, the, the feelings of confidence of being enough. Alcohol steals that from you, and I'm telling you that from firsthand experience. So don't you think it's time. Don't you think you deserve to get what you desire? It's a really big question you need to ask yourself. And if the answer is yes, if you're ready, then you've got a whole bunch of people here waiting to support you. So don't just take all this from me. Like I said, I'm speaking from experience, but I have some really great guests that I'm ready to introduce you to. They're ready to share their stories and talk about how one year sober has affected them, what it's done for their life. And I'm really excited to share this with everyone. My first guest is Kira. Her one-year sober anniversary date is January 2nd, and she is from Southampton, United Kingdom. Here is what Kira has to say about being one year sober. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. I think for me, since the very first time I started drinking, my drinking was problematic. I remember the first time I ever got drunk, I was 14 years old and we were in Antigua on a family holiday. And a few of us children had gone down the road to get some alcohol uh, from the local shop. And I remember clinging onto this huge bottle of vodka and just downing it from the bottle. And then the next thing I know, I woke up in my hotel room And my sister and I were sharing a hotel room at the time and I woke up and her bed was pushed all the way the other side of the room. And I was so confused. And I remember turning around to her and saying, what happened last night? How do we get home? And she was like, are you kidding? And it turned out that, you know, I'd vomited everywhere. I'd locked myself in the room. Security guards had had to break me out. You know, the list goes on. It was pretty horrific. Um, But that was my first experience of blackout. Um, And that's where it started. But then it never really stopped. And I basically went from blackout to blackout. 
Um, I remember being at university and I would take myself up to the bar and I would order myself five shots of Sambuca. Um, and I, my memory would just go, you know, I don't remember many of my evenings out up until maybe three or four years ago. Um, it was almost like I had this need to get myself to that state of blackouts. I had this need to escape my mind, you know, and the next day I'd be filled with regret and I would, you know, be so super anxious and uncomfortable. But when it came to that moment, when it came to those nights, one drink was just never enough. You know, I, I needed to drink to oblivion. And it was dangerous, you know, it was really, really dangerous. I got myself in some really vulnerable, dangerous situations. You know, I was waking up in places that I didn't recognize. You know, I was saying things that I shouldn't have said to people I shouldn't have said them to. And it was that constant fear the next day of like, what the hell did I say? What did I do? Who did I see? And there was a really definitive moment. Um, I was living in Mallorca at the time and I'd gone out and, you know, all of my friends wanted to go home, but no, not me. I would stay until the bitter end chasing that next drink. And um, like I always did, I entered into a blackout. And when I came around, it was eight in the morning and I was on a park bench in the middle of the city, surrounded by people commuting and... I was horrified, but that wasn't enough of a rock bottom for me to reassess my drinking. And I think the problem was, is that because my drinking escapades were so hectic, I didn't drink every day because I would need time to recover. So I never really realized I had a problem because it would be a weekend thing or it would be every other week. Now, the problem started to really happen when the pandemic hit. You know, we were forced to be inside. We couldn't go out. My drinking habits had to change. I wasn't going out, you know, slinging shots down my throat. Instead, I turned to wine. And the problem was, is in my head, I thought this time was revolutionary. I thought, oh my God, I finally cracked the code of, you know, moderate drinking. I'm not blacking out. I'm remembering things. I'm not waking up with a terrible hangover. And that was when the problem started. That was when I started to drink every day. And one glass of wine turned into a bottle. One bottle turned into two bottles. And I have autoimmune and my symptoms were getting worse and worse. You know, I was really suffering with joint pain. And then these panic attacks started happening. I remember my first panic attack and I was in the shower and I just couldn't breathe. And I remember putting my head under the shower, a freezing cold shower, because I thought it would help um, and trying to catch my breath. And I thought, this is due to drinking. And that was the moment when I knew something had to change. Um, with my autoimmune, I had done some stints of not drinking before for health reasons and I had seen the benefits, but I'd always gone back to it. But I decided January is going to come and I'm going to stop drinking for at least the month. Um, and then I read the book, Quit Like a Woman, 
during my dry January. And that was when everything changed. And that was when I decided to get sober. And that's where the beautiful journey began. What did you gain by giving up alcohol? And what would you tell someone who is sober curious? I gained my life back. I gained the chance to really live rather than just to merely exist. I think when I was drinking, I just felt like I was treading water, unable to progress in my life, stuck in this kind of never-ending repetitive cycle, living this dull, monotonous life. And then when I stopped drinking, it felt like someone just turned the light on. You know, everything was brighter, more vibrant, more colorful, but it also gave me a sense of clarity. I had this newfound presence in my life and I had this new ability to be able to tackle my obstacles and look at my problems and realize that they were manageable. I think back when I was drinking, I would just bury my head in the sand. I would drink through any problems that I had, hoping they would go away and it would just make them worse. Whereas I think the main thing that I've gained from sobriety is that clarity to take a step back and reassess things and break it down and overcome these obstacles in my life that are helping me to progress forward. So I get the chance to wake up every day and I'm present and I'm happy and I'm blessed. You know, I'm excited for the day ahead. And I know that it's taking me one step further to the life that I want to live. Whereas before I was just stuck. So I think for me, that's the main thing I've gained is that chance to move forward in my life. Um, and obviously all the other benefits as well, you know, better skin, um, better relationships, better connections, uh, better sleep, you know, the list goes on really. Um, what haven't I gained realistically? Um, so if anyone's listening that is sober curious or is thinking about changing their relationship with alcohol, my advice to you would be is to just take a break. It doesn't have to be a big break, um, you know, I still say never say never um, with drinking because it's too scary for me to look at it as never. So even if it's just a week for now and then try and do another week after that um, and just see how you start to feel. Um, I think Quitlet is a really good thing in those early days. I think for me, reading those books, uh, for instance, Quit Like a Woman or The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, really put things into perspective for me. It reframed my way of thinking and it showed me a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, I think. Um, it can be a really scary concept, you know, going sober. Um, it really is going against the grain and you, we really do romanticise drinking as a society. So I think learning the facts you know, hearing about the case studies is a really good way to kind of reframe it in your mind and know that you're not alone and also get involved in the sober community. I honestly wouldn't be where I am today without the sober Instagram, um, you know, and being able to reach out and offload and gain support from other people that are in the same boat. Um, so yeah, take a break. 
see where it takes you. Thank you so much, Kira. Yes, I totally agree. Taking a break and experiencing it firsthand, I think is a really great, solid piece of advice. Next, we have Julie. She will be one year sober on January 1st. She's a wife and a mama of two from Ontario, Canada. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. My drinking days started as a teenager. I drank to ease social anxiety. I didn't feel like I fit in um, or that people thought I was fun. So just drinking made me feel better about myself and made me more social. It became, it just continued as an adult. It became the weekends were about getting together with friends and drinking. It was always centered around alcohol, which was normal for most of us. I had quit drinking a for long periods of time before this uh, this last time. Um, the longest was uh, for eight months after my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I just felt like drinking just wasn't part, just wasn't healthy for the time that I needed to take care of her. And after eight, mon- eight months, I figured, well, I can, you know, things are settled and I can just go on drinking because it really, to me, wasn't really a problem then. I just needed to moderate and make sure that I was, I was still taking care of her. This last time was part of... Um, uh, dry January challenge uh, started January 1st, 2022 after um, getting out of the pandemic and things starting to settle down and just feeling like re- I needed a reset. So I, I joined the, the challenge and it just progressed from there. What did you gain by giving up alcohol and what would you tell someone who is sober curious? I gained a lot of confidence in myself, especially in social settings that normally make me very anxious. Those feelings are still there and I'm, I'm still working on them. But um, I did gain a lot of courage. I feel like being this honest with myself and this authentic is part of me healing all those wounds that kept me, kept me drinking just to hide those parts of myself that I didn't like. If you are sober curious, do some digging on your why. Making this choice for yourself is what make this will make this last for the long haul. Journal your thoughts as you go and know that it's not easy. Be prepared for those tough questions and the sense of awkwardness that being sober can bring up. It's it's so new and scary, but so worth it. Yes. Going back to your why is so important. Thank you so much, Julie, for sharing all of that. Karen is up next. She hit one year sober on December 7th. She is a finance executive and alcohol-free coach from Denver, Colorado. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. Yeah, um, I grew up in a really strict um, religious home where alcohol wasn't even allowed. Uh, My parents never drank. My grandparents never drank. Uh, I don't even think I'd seen alcohol until I was in high school. Um, I did the normal drinking in high school and college that kids do, but nothing out of the ordinary. So it wasn't really until I was in my 40s through a series of traumatic events that alcohol became something I turned to, to numb out and relieve my stress. My husband passed away from cancer when I was 40, leaving me and our two daughters. They were ages 11 and 8 at the time. It was a really hard time for me and my daughters, as you can imagine. 
but my biggest driving force in my life has always been taking care of my daughters. So I knew what I needed to do. I to go through the grieving process and help my daughters grieve and be there for them. And I, I still had dreams of providing a good home for my daughters with a mom and a dad. So a few years later, I did have a rebound marriage. And unfortunately, the marriage was really, really difficult from the start. And this is where I began drinking to soothe myself. Though the one beautiful, beautiful thing from this marriage was having my youngest daughter. Um, I was 43 at the time and um, it's the biggest blessing of my life. And, but there again, I was using alcohol to cope with my difficult marriage. And I stayed and tolerated that marriage for seven years using alcohol. And also the fact that I couldn't imagine there again, um, raising my daughters without a dad in the home. I had, you know, in the marriage, I had really lost myself. I was a shell of myself after that. I felt really beaten down and washed up. But there again, my driving force has always been to take care of my daughters. So I picked myself back up and decided I should return to the corporate world at the age of 50, even though I hadn't worked outside the home for 20 years. And the cool thing is I became a finance exec at 52 and I um, became a member of the board of directors at 55, but that is when the alcohol became a big part of my life, a daily thing. I'd go out all the time to cool restaurants and bars, drinks after work every day. It was a huge part of my fun. It was a lot of fun for a couple, for quite a few years until alcohol completely took over and controlled me. And um, the most horrific thing that's ever happened to me was when one day when my nine-year-old, my youngest daughter um, was off school and we were home and I was day drinking. Um, we were the only two home at the time and I drank so much that I passed out and she found me unconscious. She ran to the neighbors for help and the ambulance was called, the police were called and my daughter had to watch me being carted away in the ambulance. And um, I, of course, am the biggest support system for my daughters. And I was charged with the misdemeanor, uh, put on probation for two years, and it was the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to me, especially since my driving force was all, and main source of pride was taking care of my daughters. But I did fulfill my probation requirements, like calling in every day to see if I needed to go give a urine sample. Um, so humiliating. But um, my, um, I met my probation requirements, and my re thankfully my record was expunged. And I hate to say this, but it was not until five years later that I began my journey to become alcohol free. And that is how insidious and addicting that alcohol is. So five years later, after a few more bad incidents that my kids witnessed, I knew it was time to do something. And, but I was terrified. I, but I was tired of being the drunk mom. And I certainly didn't want to be a drunk grandma someday who could never, who kids pro prohibited from seeing 
I was who would be prohibited from seeing her grandkids. So um, I, at the time, I had no idea um, how great an alcohol life free life would be, but I, I knew I just needed to stop. Um, I, I was terrified. Uh, I did start with AA. I didn't know where else to turn. And I had a lot of successes over the next three years. I would say it was about 80% alcohol free uh, during that time. And I met some great friends. I had some great supportive sponsors, but I was just finding that I was just needing more. I just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I heard about this book, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And an AA friend and I started digging into this. And it was a really fresh and new way um, of looking at drinking and dealing with it. And so we did their 30-day alcohol experiment and then joined their year-long PATH program. And um, I also worked with uh, the Snake and Mind alcohol-free life coach. And I became 100% alcohol-free within a month of joining the program. And so my last drink was December 6, 2021. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the life that I live now. And I could never have even imagined how great this life is without a call. And I I really just kind of want to inspire and help others to achieve um, this life, the life of their dreams. What did you gain by giving up alcohol? And what would you tell someone who is sober curious? Well, first of all, congratulations to you, Stephanie, for your one year of sobriety. And thank you so much for doing this. Um, Hopefully we can inspire someone out there so that one year from day, they can be doing this. For me, it's been just an incredible journey and it's just been incredible what I've gained. Um, I'm living a life now far beyond my wildest dreams. The possibilities are endless of what's available uh, when you're able to make this one change, giving up alcohol. It's the one change that changes everything. Uh, It's interesting because the first thing I noticed was just that the everyday pleasures of life returned, the joy of just the simple things, being outside, noticing nature, being in awe of life and thinking about doing fun stuff with my kids again, going skiing and hiking and uh, walking around downtown, um, waking up anticipating what a great day was ahead of me and the fun possibilities. Um, When I built up a tolerance for alcohol, I had built up a tolerance for everything so that nothing was good or enjoyable. Another thing that I noticed is that, oh, my brain was finally free. And that is the one thing that is the keeping me. I will never go back to drinking just because my brain is free. Um, It's no longer consumed with alcohol. It's free to think about so many wonderful things instead of like, when is my next drink? Maybe I can have five today instead of four or I had eight last night, so I shouldn't drink today. Maybe it's okay just to have a few on the weekend. I was so, or maybe I should switch to uh, wine instead of vodka and I wouldn't drink so much. That has been the greatest thing for me. Um, Another thing is my creativity appeared in a huge way. And many people I've talked to have also experienced this. Um, I'm a finance exec and I'm a left brain person. I deal with numbers. Everything is black and white. 
when I quit alcohol, I wrote my first poem. I've been writing like crazy. I started an alcohol-free Instagram account. I've been having so much fun creating posts and reels. And in fact, one reel I did of my daughter and me went viral. It has 525,000 views. Super fun, super fun. And I would never have seen this side of me had I not been drinking. Um, Just other simple things like I have energy and zest for life, less anxiety and depression. Life's problems are so much easier to handle. Um, I, I, quitting alcohol gives you ability to find your greatness, your uniqueness, you know, what, what, what energizes you. Um, I have rediscovered those amazing parts of myself that I remembered from long ago. It's been there, but it was tamped down by alcohol. Now that I'm alcohol free, I'm starting the next phase of my life. So I'm getting certified um, through the Snake in Mind as a life and alcohol free coach. And I dream of being lots of things, author, speaker, motivator, program developer. I just want to inspire others and help them achieve a life of their dreams. Um, For those of you who are sober curious, here is what I would have to offer you. You must have positive emotion around your change. Lasting change starts with positive emotion. Get rid of the shame and beating yourself up. Replace that with radical self-compassion. Connection is the key. I really don't think this can be done in isolation. Um, find a community, get a coach, lean on those who've, all of us who've come before you and can show you the way. Gain as much knowledge as you can. Actually, knowledge for, propels new behavior. So read and study about alcohol, addiction, the brain, read quit lit books. Another thing you could do is try a 30-day alcohol experiment or a dry January. I believe in writing out your whys. Why are you drinking? And why do you want to stop? Another good thing is set an emotion-based goal instead of behavior-based. So how do you want to feel about your relationship with alcohol instead of, I have to quit alcohol? You will keep trying with an emotion-based goal, whereas with a behavior-based goal, you'll quit if you have a relapse or data point and you want to keep going. Uh, Another thing is like start becoming aware and conscious of your subconscious beliefs around alcohol. What is your brain telling you are the benefits of alcohol to you? And the final thing is never give up. It's a journey. The only failure is giving up. Wow. Thank you, Karen, for sharing your incredible story. And I have to say, when you mentioned the creativity that like popped out because that is one thing I forgot to mention um, at the top of the podcast. Uh, That is something I also feel has come forefront for me and I am loving it. Next is Kate. Kate and I have very close sober dates. She hit one year on December 21st. Kate was also a guest on the podcast in season two, episode five. 
She is a writer who lives in Shropshire, UK. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. I've pretty much drunk since I was about 14 or 15 and it's just sort of been part of my life, I think, um, through school, through my teenage years, early 20s. Then as I worked, I used to go out and drink, you know, with my colleagues during lunch breaks and after work. It's a real alcohol culture here in the UK and pubs are pretty much the place where you go to um, hang out and and meet people. And it it was my whole social life, really. Um, And I kept drinking. I stopped drinking when I had two kids and picked straight back up again when I could and carried on drinking right up until my 40s. What did you gain by giving up alcohol? And what would you tell someone who is sober curious? I think the main thing that I've gained this past year is the respect I have for myself. You know, I no longer wake up feeling shame and regret or embarrassment or worry. I don't feel sluggish and slow. I don't look puffy and old. I really respect myself and I admire myself and I've done something really brave and really big to change my life drastically. Um, And I look so much better. I'm so much more confident. I wake up every day with this kind of love for life rather than I've got to get through this. Why have I done this again? And by waking up that way every day, it really changes everything about the whole day ahead of you. And when that happens again and again, every day for a year, you find out that you really have become someone else, someone so much more positive and productive and nice. And life just is better in every single way. I honestly could go on and on about it, but I don't think you have a spare seven hours to listen to me. Uh, I don't know, Kate. I think you and I could chat for hours and hours on end. We've we've established that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. My next guest is Jason, who will be one year sober on January 2nd. He is a singer and he's from Yorkshire, UK. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. Hi. Yeah. So, um, I've always worked hard. I've always been a busy, busy person. And I always had a job during the day. And predominantly, and for most of my adult life, I've also been a singer and a performer, which very often meant that I was out late at night, most nights on weekends, traveling up and down the country uh, and performing on stage. And then during the day, midweek, I would usually have another job as well uh, because I like to be kept busy. Um, but what I would do, obviously, when I used to sing, I would be driving a lot. So I never really drank when I was singing. It wasn't something I did. I didn't drink and drive. I didn't like to drink alcohol when I was singing because it stopped me from being able to sing as well as I wanted to. But what I did used to do is I used to have alcohol waiting for me when I got home at the end of the night. And similarly, when I used to get home from work during the week, I would get home and I would have had a hard day, or even if I hadn't had a hard day, I would say, do you know what, I want to wind down, I'm going to have a few beers. But that would eventually go from maybe having a couple of beers, maybe on a Monday or a couple of beers on a Thursday, to maybe having four to eight beers on a Monday, and then whatever was left over from the Monday, if I didn't drink all the beers I'd got in the house, I would have those on the Tuesday, 
realised I still wanted a few more and go out and get some more. That would roll into the Wednesday, into the Thursday. And then I wouldn't drink while I was out working and singing, but I would get home and have a couple of drinks before I went to bed. However, I wasn't fully aware and fully conscious that this is what I was doing. It was only when my wife took a photograph of me on New Year's Day this year, 2022. Um, we'd been out drinking. I'd been working New Year's Eve, so New Year's Day was my New Year's celebration. And I had drunk a, a very large amount of alcohol and eventually passed out, blacked out on the sofa. My wife took a photograph of me. And I saw that photograph the next day, saw how much weight I'd put on, saw um, how unhealthy I looked, saw the fact that I blacked out on a day that I should have been spending with my family. And I made a decision to stop drinking until my 50th birthday, which was coming up just over a month later. It was only ever going to be a short-term thing to do just to help me get my health back on track, to try and deal with depression that I'd dealt with for years, which I'd always attributed to the highs and lows and the emotional spikes of being a singer and a performer. However, I then suddenly realised that my depression and my anxiety and all these mental health issues that I'd had that I'd always blamed on my job, I'd blamed on the stresses of family, the stresses of traveling, all these other things. It wasn't that that was causing it. It was the actual alcohol. And as it approached my 50th birthday, I suddenly thought, do you know what? I don't want to get drunk on my 50th birthday because that was the plan. So as my 50th approached, I got my wife together and some of my closest friends and I picked a bar to go out to on my 50th where I knew they'd got some really nice alcohol-free beers and drinks because I discovered it over the last four weeks while I'd been doing my sorting my head out. And my 50th birthday came and I didn't have a drink. And it's now literally two weeks away from hitting my one-year sober anniversary and in retrospect, I look back and think, why did I not do this years ago? What did you gain by giving up alcohol? And what would you tell someone who is sober curious? So what I gained by giving up alcohol is I gained clarity. I learned to actually be present and learned to appreciate every little thing that goes on in life. And I actually started to see things for what they really were. And I started to listen to people when they talked and understand what they were saying. And instead of listening to what they were saying and trying to think, how is that relevant to me and making it all about me, I was actually listening to other people and trying to understand them. And in turn, I was learning to then understand my own emotional state. And I was learning to be more empathetic and learning to be more sort of understanding and open and honest. And as I became more open and honest with myself, I've started to realize just how much of a huge impact my drinking had had on me for so, so many years. But I didn't realize and I never knew I had a drinking problem. I didn't really realize I had such an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. I often thought I could moderate but I couldn't, and that's another thing that I've learned from giving up. I've learned that it's very, very hard, if not impossible, if you're somebody who has an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, to be able to moderate drinking. Because you can moderate it for so long, but then, especially if you have mental health issues, if you suffer with depression, with anxiety, ADHD, any of these issues that you may have, 
alcohol does help numb the feelings that you get from that. And it's an easy, quick fix go-to. But it's only when you give up alcohol and you stop drinking that you have the clarity to realize and understand that that quick fix was fueling all those problems in the first place and making it worse. It was actually the cause of the issues that you had. It was the cause of all your problems. And I would say to anybody who was thinking, well, should I stop drinking or should I have a break from drinking? I'm not an alcoholic. I don't wake up in the morning needing a beer. Therefore, I don't need to go sober. You don't have to be like that to need to stop drinking or to want to stop drinking. In fact, you don't even need to want to stop drinking. What you need is you want to be able to have a more fulfilled and a more rewarding life and present and future and to be able to enjoy every moment and be present in every moment and more importantly to remember every important moment. My 50th birthday was my first birthday spent sober with good friends. Everybody else there was drinking, but it didn't stop me from being able to enjoy the company of everyone that was around me. And yet the next morning I woke up and I could remember every conversation. I could remember every joke. I could remember every song that came on that we were having a laugh and a sing along with. And these are things that you miss when you're drinking. You think you're having an absolutely fantastic time, and yes, you enjoy it, and yes, you go out and have a great and, and let your hair down. But then you miss so much, and then you need that next drink in order to be able to make you feel like that again, when in fact you don't. The ability to enjoy yourself, the ability to have a fantastic time is inbuilt into all of us naturally. So therefore... If it's something you're thinking, maybe I don't have a healthy relationship with alcohol, or you're thinking, what would it be like to give it a break? Please, 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 I implore you, give it a try. I would never go around preaching to everybody saying, alcohol is the devil, you need to stop, because each to their own and everybody has their own ways, and some people can moderate, and some people can drink sensibly and only have the occasional drink. But if you feel that you might even have the slightest unhealthy relationship with it or that stopping and having a break, even if it's just for a short while, could make you feel better, make you feel healthier, make you help you deal with mental health issues that you may have, I implore you, give it a go. You've got nothing to lose, but you've got absolutely everything to gain. I wake up every morning hangover free. I... I'm always there and able to enjoy the time now with my wife, with my family, with my children. I have a better relationship with all of my children, with my family than I've ever had because it isn't clouded. My judgment isn't clouded. My mental health isn't clouded. I'm just happy and content in who I now am. And I love me for who I now am. So I recommend and implore you, if you want to really truly love yourself, give it a go. Thank you so much, Jason. And so well said. I mean, everything that you just mentioned is like, drop the mic. I mean, what else do you need to hear um, if you're someone who questions alcohol? Like everything you said uh, resonates with me and I agree 100%.
My last guest is Julie Lively, who celebrated her one-year sober anniversary on November 28th. She is from Edgartown, Massachusetts, on the island of Martha's Vineyard. Tell me about your drinking days and what led to your decision to get sober. I was a typical mommy wine culture drinker. I drank my beloved Chardonnay in the evenings, perhaps two glasses, sometimes a little bit more on weekends. I never really gave it a second thought. Drinking was just normal. I was a stay-at-home mom filled with purpose and energy that came with being a stay-at-home mom. And having wine at night to relax and unwind from the chaos of the day, again, was just very normal mommy wine culture stuff, right? Then my husband and I split up about eight years ago, and I was suddenly no longer having my nightly wine with him. It was just me with kids at home. And when they were with him, it was just me. I had devoted so much time and energy to my kids, I didn't really have much of a life outside of my mom identity. Looking back at that time, I realized that is when it went from an innocent evening habit to being a necessity to handle my life. So what all was I numbing? What was the necessity? I was feeling a lot of sadness and anger of my marriage dissolving, the fear of my future as a single mom, financial worries, losing couples friends, and all those couples activities. I have four kids close in age. My youngest daughter has Down syndrome and the realities, the unknowns and fears, especially of my daughter's future and my future impacted me greatly. As the social gap between my daughter and her peers became so wide that she no longer had true friends, my need for nightly Chardonnay had increased, especially as my older kids were busy with their independent lives. I vividly recall so many evenings, it just being the two of us, I numbed. It didn't really matter how I felt the next day. We had nothing going on anyway. It felt kind of like mommy wine culture, although deep down I was realizing it was becoming so much more than that. I had definitely crossed that line. Add to that the fear of what my life was as my nest was becoming empty. It was more than I could process, so again I numbed. I was stuck in this cycle. I felt trapped by my life, so I further trapped myself in a bottle of isolation. In December 19, or in December 2019, I must have Googled something because all of a sudden my Facebook feed started flooding with information about sober resets. Annie Grace, Sober Sis, One Year No Beer, all of them. So I thought, perhaps this is a sign that I need to do something about this. So I geared up to do dry January, January 2020. I signed up for a 21-day Sober Sis reset and then a 30-day alcohol experiment from Annie Grace, both done at the same time. Of course, if I do these both at the same time, I'm cured, I'm done, I got it all figured out, and I can move on. I really didn't know what would be next. I just knew I needed to take a break. So my first stint went 45 days. I felt fantastic, but I knew I was going to drink again, and I did. At first, very occasional, then a little more regular, and then very regular. Feeling those awful alcohol-induced feelings, 3 a.m. anxiety, puffy bloat, I need this versus I want this. That's also when I realized this is a big deal. I was just a social mommy wine culture drinker, so why was this so hard? Did I have a problem? That scared me. So I investigated more. I tried more programs to slow the train. I did another Sober Sis reset and part of her follow-on program. I did two more alcohol experiments. I did a six-week private alcohol coach program. I did a six-week private alcohol coach program, a program from Laura McCowan. I read all the Quitlet. I would string many days together and then quote unquote fail, 
diving deeper into shame and wondering what is wrong with me. In the fall of 2021, I knew I had to figure this out for once and for all. I was mostly just drinking socially on weekends, but even that was too much. The less I drank, the worse I felt when I drank. It just needed to stop. I knew I had all the tools, but I realized I also needed a community to pull it all together. So I joined Annie Grace's The Path Program, which at that time was a full year program. I knew I needed the support and community to go through a full year of holidays, events, and life experiences. So I joined November 1st, 2021. I set my day one for November 28th, which was the Sunday after the Saturday of Thanksgiving. And I can joyfully say that I am one year alcohol free and it feels amazingly free. What did you gain by giving up alcohol? And what would you tell someone who is sober curious? What did I gain? Wow, that's a big question. I gained so much more than just removing alcohol. I gained true empowerment and freedom to explore me. I had been in therapy before, but we can't truly explore who we are when we're numbing reality. I've learned so much about myself over the past couple of years, understanding my triggers to drink, why I wanted to stop, exploring and healing from past scars and wounds, understanding who I am, what I want, everything. I was so busy taking care of everyone else that I forgot who I was, and I drowned out my own needs with wine. It wasn't a conscientious process. It just felt better at the time. I was reading my journal recently, and one of my fears about quitting drinking was, what if I truly realize that my life sucks? <laughs> In actuality, I have a beautiful life, and that beautiful life can sometimes be very lifey. I realize that I can now handle so much more. I'm more present. I'm more patient. I'm more thoughtful, I'm more thorough, I'm a better mom, I'm a better friend, I'm an even a better ex-wife, I'm just better in all ways. I feel such a sense of empowered accomplishment that no glass of wine could ever match. It's given me space to learn about boundaries and to set them, to learn about my emotions and needs and to express them. It's given me the ability to heal some holes I didn't really even know existed, but they were impacting me. In short, it's given me everything. That saying, I gave up one thing to get everything, is very, very true. This past year has been transformative, amazing, inspiring, healing, and every positive adjective in the book. It's also been very, very hard. However, drinking life is even harder and has no rewards. There's no growth, no ahas, just that 20-minute initial buzz and the rest is numbed out. Choose your hard, right? Year one is over, and now year two is focused on continued personal growth, and I've immersed myself in becoming a certified coach through This Naked Mind. The program and philosophy has been so life-changing, I want to help others experience the same freedom. I cannot wait to have my business fully up and running to help other women feel, heal, and deal. So what would I tell someone who is sober curious? If you're curious, get curious. That's what it's all about, getting curious. Remember, it's not you, it's alcohol. And alcohol is a toxic, addictive substance that is a natural problem maker. Freedom from alcohol can be obtained. It's a lot of work, and it's absolutely worth it. The process can take a long time. It takes most people many starts and stops, and starts and stops, and starts and stops. <laughs> Understanding that from the get-go, that that's part of the process, will alleviate a lot of pain in the long run. Recognize that you're going to learn from your triggers. You're going to learn from how and why things did not go as planned. 
I would also recommend find a program that you resonate with. For some people, it's AA. For others, it's a program like Annie Grace and This Naked Mind. There are so many different options out there. Research. Find something that connects with you. And don't stop until you find what resonates and works for you. And most of all, give yourself a ton of self-compassion and grace along the way. A relationship with alcohol took time and repetition. To reprogram our brain to no longer want and need alcohol takes a lot of time and a lot of repetition as well. So the best advice I can give is don't ever give up. It is so worth it. You are so worth it. An alcohol-free life, a sober life, is the absolute best life. Yes, Julie, it is the best life. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I also want to comment on mommy wine culture that you mentioned at the beginning of your story. Uh, You know, it's just another example of a way society enables those drinking habits and they can get you stuck. If you're in the mommy wine culture, you think what you're doing is normal because you have put yourself into that culture, that mindset of mommy needs wine and it's very toxic. And as you explained in your story, it's a slippery slope. It starts out innocent enough and you end up kind of in this position that you feel helpless and that you can't escape. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I was so excited to have these guests on and share their stories as well as my own um, to let everyone know what life looks like one year into sobriety because as you've just heard, it is nothing short of amazing. If you want to follow any of these guests on Instagram, I will have all of their Instagram handles in the show notes for you and please do. What you just heard today is just a taste of how supportive the Instagram sober community is. Everyone out there, and now I'm talking, there are thousands of them that are out there supporting and helping and encouraging just like the people I had on this podcast today. And really, all of my guests that I have had on the podcast to date are prime examples of the type of community the sober community is. It's just top notch. So I want to thank everyone who came on today to share their story. It's so important for us to continue to spread the word, to talk about how wonderful sobriety is. I feel this movement I love being a part of it. I think our voices are really getting loud and they're gonna start getting heard. And I am so excited for what the future holds for this sober community and those who are in recovery. 